it's official. This is not a November surprise by any stretch of the imagination since he pretty much telegraphed it in Pennsylvania last week. Donald Trump is indeed running to be the Republican nominee for president in 2024. He made the announcement tonight at his Florida residence, Mar-a-Lago. It was a long speech. I only got to watch about the first 20 minutes of it, uh, but it did stretch on for quite a while. It was not a rally. Keep in mind, he was in the somewhat more uh, subdued confines of Mar-a-Lago. Um, again, he formally launched his bid today. The deal is, um, well, does the party want him there? Here's what Donald Trump had to say. But we always have known that this was not the end. It was only the beginning of our fight to rescue the American dream. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. There you go. Make America great again, again. Um, it was not a surprise. The timing of it may have been somewhat surprising because he had been discouraged from doing it last week before the midterms. Apparently, he was being discouraged from doing it tonight because of a fairly poor showing in the midterms, specifically by candidates that he had handpicked or endorsed. And there was those within, and there's still a runoff to be had, although it won't make a huge, it won't make any difference really in the Senate, but there is still a runoff to be, to be fought out in Georgia uh, on December the 6th. So there was some thought that maybe he should, this was supposed to be an announcement in the glory of a red wave and it didn't happen. So he sort of had to stand out there and, um, make his announcement tonight in a somewhat different or much different circumstance than perhaps he would have liked. So how did he do it? Was it grievance-filled? Did he talk about 2020 and the results? Or was it more forward-looking to 2024? Well, at least uh, for the first top part that I heard, it was in fact uh, not grievance-filled. It was uh, uh, Donald Trump rarely sticking to the prompter. Uh, Stephen Shear joins us now, Shire rather, joins us now. He's a retired political science professor from Carleton College in Minnesota. Thanks so much for your time tonight, Professor Shire. Yes, it's Carleton College, not Carleton University in Ottawa. Right. Yes, I almost, uh, my mom taught at Carleton University in Ottawa, so I almost got that confused. So what did you make of that tonight? I watched a bit of it. It was sort of vintage, uh, not Donald Trump. He was sort of, he looked like he was being confined by that prompter, but he seems to have stuck to it. What did you make of the announcement? Well, I think you're right about the first half of the speech, but keep in mind, the speech went over an hour. And he became more self-indulgent, and uh, later on in the speech, he got off the text, talked him, yeah. talked about being a victim, even brought up the 2020 election a bit. Uh, and by the way, you know, I was watching several American news networks, CNN and Fox, and uh, they cut away from the speech after the first half hour and only intermittently returned to it. So they apparently thought it was less newsworthy in the second half. Uh, so yeah. the first half, I thought, was exactly as you described it. But I do think that uh, <laughs> that he did get off script, as he is prone to do, as you know. And uh, we can expect more of that uh, over the long campaign that is ahead of us. Yes, it's, it seems remarkable, but we have another two years of this uh, to think about. So given the results in the midterms, and I know there's been a lot made about, um, you know, Republicans blaming Trump to some extent for a poor showing and what should have been a bit of a cakewalk given the circumstances, at least historically speaking. Uh, yeah. When you look at the results, how much damage do you think they it really did to his chances in 2024? 
Well, I th- there's a lot of coverage in the American political press of how these really high-profile candidates that he sponsored for governor and senator did poorly, and uh, most of them lost their elections. And, and often they were seen as favorites for election, but nevertheless lost. And this is, I think, reflecting bad on Trump right now, because if you look historically at Trump's record now, he won in 2016, but then 2018, 2020, and now 2022, with him as the leading figure of the party, have not really been good elections for the Republican Party. And I think that is a real problem for Trump going forward to 2024. Yeah, one would think so. Although one, if you look at the at the landscape, and certainly Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor who won handedly the other night, his name pops up a lot. But you look at what it takes to win the Republican primary, and it's hard to, or the Republican candidacy rather, it's hard to see anybody right now who has the kind of horsepower to win a crowded race that Donald That's Trump true. does. The key is how crowded it is and how long it remains crowded. But you also have to look at the nomination contest as a series of discrete events in separate states. Uh, It begins with the Iowa caucuses. But remember, in 2016, Trump did not win the Iowa caucuses. Then it goes to New Hampshire. And in New Hampshire is not a Trump state. His, His preferred Senate candidate lost by 10 points. And the governor of New Hampshire is an avowed political enemy of Trump, even though he's a Republican. So uh, and then you go to South Carolina and so forth. And so Trump could have rough early sledding in these races. Now, it's true he probably has about 30 percent hardcore support amongst the Republican activists and uh, participants in the nomination process. But whether he can grow beyond that and get to 50 percent, uh, remains to be seen. It's an open question, I think. Yeah, I mean, just for his purpose, I mean, we, I understand why he would want to run again. A lot was being made tonight about the idea that this is really to avoid, there was a few reasons for the timing. One was hopefully to ride the the red wave, which didn't happen, but also to neuter um, Ron DeSantis a little bit, who is, you know, obviously sort of the, enjoying some a moment in the spotlight. What did you make of the timing tonight? Because I gather he was told repeatedly, wait, just wait, wait till the end, wait till January, wait till the, the uh, runoff in the Senate runoff in Georgia is done. Wait till everyone's sort of settled on these, on the results of the midterms, then announce. Yes. Well, I think, um, I, in, in an interview on Cable News Network tonight, Nick Mulvaney, his, uh, Trump's former acting chief of staff, made the point that the timing is a mistake, but Trump was sort of locked into it by announcing a week before and before the results of the election that he would be announcing on, on this day. So he was sort of locked into this. And it is a very awkward moment for him, given what happened in the election with his handpicked candidates. And also given the fact, as you mentioned, that there's a very important runoff in Georgia that Republicans are trying to focus on. And many Republicans may see uh, his announcement as a distraction and an ill-timed one. We got a bit of an, uh, a hint as to what uh, grievances aside, relitigating the 2020 election aside, the storming of the Capitol, the attempt to overthrow the election, all the things that Donald Trump doesn't want to talk about. We got a little bit of an idea of where he's going, though. 
uh, in this campaign if he can stick to his messaging, which is essentially to paint America as, you know, sort of, uh, what was the exact term he used? Uh, Blood-soaked cities, cesspools of violent crime. Now, I was just in Seattle, and I can tell you that that certainly wasn't the case. But this seems to be the theme, right? That America is being laughed at, America is being, America is falling apart. Do you think, do you think, will that resonate? Well, uh, I think Trump is only capable of hyperbole, (laughs) you know, describing himself or his opponents. I don't think he's capable of much nuance. And so I think you can expect more of this, even though uh, and, you know, it is persuasive amongst his true believers. But uh, one of Trump's real problems, and this has been mentioned uh, in a lot of post 2022 election analyses, is that. He is really toxic with political independence and loosely affiliated people who are loosely affiliated partisans. They've sort of given up on him. And when you add that tendency towards exaggeration, hyperbole and occasional falsehoods uh, to the fact that he has established a reputation with key swing voters that is not positive, yeah, it's difficult to see how he actually resumes residency in the White House in 2024. And that's saying that two years out, of course, who knows what will happen in the next two years. Indeed, it's a long time in politics, although you would think that there is no better, there is no better motivator for people who, no better vote getter for the Democrats than Donald, than Donald Trump these days. Right. Well, actually, um, I think one thing that Trump is doing is dividing his party, but uniting the Democrats. Right. <laughs> you yep, know, well, they exactly. are united in in their in their uh, hatred of Donald Trump. And now Republicans are internally divided about Trump. And 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 he is dividing Republicans internally by attacking Ron DeSantis and Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. So, uh uh, I'm, I don't see how this formula really works well for Trump or the Republican Party right now. Donald Trump announced uh, his uh, intention to uh, seek the nomination for the 2024 Republican uh, presidential candidacy. Uh, he did that tonight at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. It was a at least the first 20 minutes until all the networks cut away was a pretty disciplined speech by his his standards, it, it went off the rails a bit afterwards. Uh, Stephen Shire is with us this half hour. He's a retired political science professor from Carleton College in Minnesota. We've been talking about, um, well, what exactly this all means. Two years of, of this, of uh, Donald Trump sort of back in the spotlight to some extent. We'll see that how, how that works. What do you think this means for the Democrats? Because uh, Joe Biden was seemed quite coy about his intentions to run again uh, the other night after the Democrats did relatively or better than expected in the midterms. Does a Donald Trump candidacy make it more likely that Joe Biden will be back too? That is going to be uh, that, that that is a that is um, yeah that, that isn't a youth movement. Well, reports from the White House suggest that uh, Biden is really motivated by a Trump candidacy to want to run for re-election. And uh, actually, I think the results of this midterm, which didn't produce the red wave, as so many had predicted, uh, actually encouraged Biden to run for reelection with Harris as his running mate. Uh, So it's quite possible if, you know, the GOP does nominate Trump, that we could have 2020 all over again. Although by then, let's see, Trump will be 78 and Biden will be 82, 81. That's right. I think. 
Yeah, he which just uh, the, he we're didn't. in record territory there. Uh, we've never had two party nominees so old. <laughs> it is, but it puts the Democrats in a bit of a spot as well because they won't know who the Republican nominee nominee is for a while, and it may be too late at that point to change gears if it is in fact Donald Trump. That's right. But, uh, you, you know, I think a lot of Republicans now are hoping that a young, uh, younger candidate like Ron DeSantis could get the nomination and match up against the octogenarian uh, Biden uh, to the Republicans' advantage. We'll see if that can happen. What, what do you make of, I mean, Ron DeSantis is the man of the moment. There have been many of them over the years, you know, the, the candidate of the moment who sort of rides in in, in, this, rides in, in a blaze of glory and then, and then quickly fades away. Do you think he has what it takes to, uh, to survive well, what uh, is always uh, a grueling process? I think uh, he's serious about it. Uh, he spent the last two years raising almost $200 million that was deployed in various ways to produce this huge victory that he had in Florida. Uh, he managed to uh, um, uh, uh, improve uh, the Republican uh, get-out-the-vote effort and really dominate elections in Florida. And uh, I think if he gets in and decides to run for president, he will be a very serious candidate and a very formidable one. Uh, what he is planning to do now, according to reports, uh, is basically ignore Donald Trump and let Donald Trump go off and do his thing with all his rallies and so forth, uh, try and develop a good governing record in Florida and make a, d a final decision, you know, several months from now about whether to run for president. But he is seriously considering running for president. And on back to uh, to wind up on on Donald Trump, does this keep uh, keep keep the law off his back for a while? This this <laughs> announcement tonight, because that was a big consideration, uh, one would think. Well, uh, the law, you know, there are at least four major investigations going on in New York, in D.C., in Georgia that involve Trump and may require him to testify. Uh, there may be federal charges related to the use of government documents that could be forthcoming. Uh, all this really complicates his candidacy. Um, could, it could redound to his benefit if he's seen as a victim by enough Republicans. On the other hand, if he gets in serious legal trouble, that could also compromise him with other Republicans. There are so many variables here that are very hard to decipher because we are really in uncharted waters here. We've never had a former president run after a loss like this. We've never had a former president and a major candidate announced so early for president. And we have no idea what to expect uh, in terms of other Republican candidates coming forward, nor do we have a clear idea of how all this activity on the GOP side will influence what Democrats do. So buckle your safety belt. My heavens. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> uh, Stephen Shire, thank you so much for your time tonight. Yes.